We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. over at MavsMoneyBall.com, coming to you with another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Unfortunately, it is not a win. The Mavericks dropped their sixth straight game. They lose again to the Phoenix Suns in a heartbreaker of a game. Uh, 109-108, Devin Booker makes the game-winning three with 1.5 seconds left, and Dallas loses. Uh, they've lost again. They are eight and thirteen. Uh, they are precariously uh, far, you know, uh, dipping down into the Western Conference standings. And I have decided to host because Kirk wrote the recap. Uh, Kirk, are are you okay? I mean, I'm okay. And then I'm reading these post game quotes, and I just now I got to fire off some takes because the, the last time the Mavericks had two six game losing streaks in the 2018 19 season, I think. I'm looking at the 16 set. They, they basically haven't had a seven game losing streak since the 16 17 season, and they play the Hawks next. 
and things are fixing to get real spicy because uh you know i wrote the recap took lots of notes number one like from a thousand foot perspective it was an excellent played game the mavericks did a lot of things better than they've done in quite some time so i suppose if you want to be a person that you know is glasses half full there's some things that in theory the mavericks can build on because their effort was better um that's that's actually probably the the main thing for me is that the effort was better the challenge is the rest of the team the team is just not playing good enough and it's very it's very frustrating they were sloppy uh with the ball and they gave away a lot of points and then they made mental mistakes and once again a Rick Carlisle team doesn't foul while up two this happened repeatedly last season. I with a foul to give. With a foul to give. With a foul to give. I, I don't understand that level of miscommunication. Carl took it on the chin in the post game. Somebody messed up. I want to know who, and I have a pretty good idea of who makes the most fun mental mistakes and clutch time situations on defense. And it rhymes with Schmory and Winnie Fish. I don't. I'm so tired of this. Actually, delete that out. It's awful. Awful podcasting. I'm, I'm just, not deleting anything. I'm this is stream of consciousness. Is I, just, I love I'm, it. Like I'm frustrated. Like I know. they had, they got one shot attempt in the final minute because they couldn't control the glass. Yeah, <laughs> this was like one of the most nut breaking lot, like nut punch losses I can remember uh, in some time. Just like. I know I you could I said it in the Slack and I think I kind of hinted at it on Twitter. I don't know why. Maybe I'm stupid, but I felt like they were going to win this game, and I felt like they were going to win this game basically until they did it. <laughs> Since you know it came all the way down to uh, you know Devin Booker hitting that three with one and a half seconds left. Sorry about my dog. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. I just they had all their guys back. You know, Richardson and Finney Smith had played a handful of games under their belts, so they're getting better. You got the best game Richardson has played in a Dallas uniform. Uh, the team just looks better. Like it, not, like you said, there were still mistakes, but the effort was there, and this looked nothing like the five games, previous games, you know, against yeah. Utah and against – like it was a completely different look. And so a lot I, of listless, a lot of listless behavior in the – in those losses right so this the, the give a shit level was high in this game i felt like mm-hmm. um and then they 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 lost they lost and i you know chris paul with i don't know how many seconds were left like 10 seconds left and they're up two and he misses the most wide open layup you will ever get in a game where you're down two uh literally no one around him and he misses a, it's chris paul and he misses a layup and he missed that layup. And I was like, that's, that's the break they needed. Like they're going to, you know, they're, they're in a bad place. They need something to go their way. They need a bounce to go their way. And that was it. And it still didn't happen. And I don't know what else to say uh, uh, other than I'm not, I'm not as for as ferociously angry as I'm sure some people are about the six straight loss. I'm bummed out that they've lost six games, but like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm running out of things to say. Yeah, and, yeah. And that the fact that they are at least 
Like if they were, if this was a six straight game and they lost by 17 or 18 points, like then I'm, you know, I'm jumping, I'm jumping up and down. I'm, I'm mad. You know, this was just, this was a bad beat. And in a normal season, this is a game where you're, you shrug your shoulders and you're like, God damn it. Uh, but in a season, this season from hell, this seems to be very quickly all of a sudden uh, it, it stings so, so much more. And I don't know what else to say about it other than that, but I know you got, you have some opinions as well. You wrote the recap. You probably got uh, some more pertinent observations. Well, so I had to basically mute the broadcast at one point. I had NBA TV and, and Greg Anthony, who is a very smart commentator, throughout the game was talking about how the Mavericks have to basically not play a heliocentric offense and that Luka Doncic is the problem. And there's some, there's some value in exploring this idea, except when the Luka isn't on the floor and the Mavericks piss themselves. So I'm, I'm like really like I'm having a hard time with the concept that Luka is the problem when it's everyone else. That's really not stepping up in ways when they can. There's a few things that that you know you can look at, at some particular situations and box scores uh, attributes that really like led to the loss. The Mavericks were outscored 43 to 31 in the final 18 minutes of the game after being up 11. So that's a, that. So they're outscored by by 12 points. And they lost by one after being up eleven. That's hard to that, that that's the second night in a row or second game in a row that's happened. And yeah, so, they were up fifteen last game. And in the, the third, third quarter, quarter, third quarter this time, the lot like the 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 getting walloped this way to me was much more painful because I'm I take like four to five pages of notes and then I don't use any of them. And the recap's really amazing. My my process is so broken. <laughs> um, but they started throwing soft doubles at Luca. And Luca made the right play every time, and the Mavericks could not convert. There was a they, they did it two possessions in a row where uh, the first time uh, Brunson ends up with the corner three, which he clangs. The second time Maxi, who apparently just hasn't watched Willie Cauley Stein not be able to finish an alley oop, uh, threw one off the top of the glass. That was hilarious. I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, I- it was. I think what what really made it funny is that this came on the day where a lot of people were like, the Mavericks are getting back their Draymond. And I know what they mean. I know what they mean. I'm not trying to be mean, but it was just funny. It was just funny. Well, and then the next two possessions, because of the soft double, they the the Mavericks did this. And this is where I just don't like aspects of their offense. Luca went and stood in the far corner, two possessions in a row. And you have him out on the floor. You're grinding away these minutes with him. And Hardaway takes a three, which doesn't go in. And Brunson takes a layup, which doesn't go in. And Luka never touched the ball in any of those possessions. Meanwhile, the Suns scored. Uh, they got the, they they basically whittled the lead down to three. They they scored seven. They went on like an 8-0 run during that period. And then uh, Brunson hit a layup to, to um, give the Mavericks a five-point lead, which really... Uh, Luca fed him for a a buzzer beating three pointer at the end of the third, where he was wide open on the wing that he missed. It, they should have been up more. Um, then they start the fourth with Luka Doncic on the bench, and the the mostly starters unit proceeded to to give up ten straight points while looking lost on offense. That is not Luka Doncic's fault. That is those players' fault. 
And and I hate this narrative that's growing around Luca that he is the problem when you know you get these bench unit guys that just don't know how to play without him. You know, uh, I know I love people get so mad at me on my Brunson takes, but like this is why I don't like him running the offense. I mean, he did finish. Uh, they they got down by by five. Or I'm sorry, no, they yeah they got down by five and he hit an and one layup and a, and a free throw to to pull the game within two and then Luca comes back in. But the game shouldn't have been at that point. Is my is my frustration? You have to score a basket during the five minute period when Luca is out, and they scored one time. So that that was when the game was lost. Everything else after that is a postscript because you don't want to give the Suns these kind of opportunities. Yeah, and Luca. I know a lot of people are mad about the way that Luca's substitution pattern is and how he typically that's his normal rest pattern. It's normally when he sits out games and people are like, well, you know, figure it out so he can play. But like, you know, <laughs> he he can't play. He can't play the entire game. He's got to sit. He played 38 minutes tonight uh, in a regular season game. That's a lot of minutes. You can't do that. You uh, cannot yes. do that to him. He, he has to. Yeah. He had, if, even if it, I know it, those minutes in the fourth quarter seem more important because, you know, it's the fourth quarter. But I mean, if he sits extra time in the first half, the Mavericks are probably like, you know, you're just shifting around where they're losing mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, it's still going to, the math still equals out to to the same. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, it's and it's tough. It, it, and and it's, it's starting to impact Luca because I had uh, a, a friend who, who writes for a national website and doesn't get to watch every Mavs game essentially say Luca doesn't have any burst. And that was in that uh, stretch in the fourth when Luca didn't get past Aiton. A couple of times, mm-hmm. um, he finally did where he he dished one to Maxi in the corner, and Maxi, of course, missed the missed the wide open three. And you know, Luca might not have the burst because he's tired. He has dragged the Mavericks. The only reason a lot of these scores have been respectable in the last six six, you know, that they haven't really been worse blowouts is because Luca is the one doing the scoring. And I agree with people where they're saying, all right, the three-point shots are a problem for Luca. He's shooting just under 30%. Well, he hit one tonight that got taken away because Tim Hardaway does not have set a screen. Like, his volume, if, if, if Luca's volume stays around five, I think I'll be okay. It's when he's shooting seven and a half, eight or nine, that I feel like they're wasted possessions. Um, it was, it, it's, it's just so frustrating at this point because I don't see where the Mavericks pull out of this. I just don't. The the schedule continues to be hard because the NBA is hard. Yeah. Uh, if I'm going to, I'll be the annoying glass uh, half full guy for sure. a minute. And I'll say that the way they pull out of it is you give Maxi Kleba two or three more games and you hope that he is more productive on the offensive end. Uh, in 18 minutes, he had two points and one of five from the field, which he tested positive for COVID. And apparently... Uh, out of all the play, Mavericks players that tested positive for COVID, it hit him the hardest. So he's not going to come back and score 15 points in the first. Like, it's just not, you know, the human body is amazing, but it sometimes cannot overcome that kind of stuff. And uh, so there is a glass half full. Uh, you get a normal maxi game, which I think is better than two points and one made shot, and, and you win. You know, you, you lose a game by one point. Um, but I... <laughs> You know, it's just, it's so reductive, but like, Kirk, it feels like the game in the season 
just comes down to that final that one of the final possessions where the Mavericks uh, and Luca create a really good uh, look for Dorian Finney-Smith in the corner for three when they're up two, I think, and he misses it. And mm-hmm. that's <laughs> there's I, I hate making basketball that simple, but you talk about it all the time how basketball is 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 simpler than we give it credit for. We try to maybe make it more complicated than we should. I mean that's the that's the game and that's the season, right? Like, yeah. You look at the you look at the lineup. Brunson zero of three from three. Um, Richardson was two of six, and 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 Kristaps was three of seven, which was nice. But uh, Kleba zero for one. Dorian Finney-Smith one of four, uh, and then that's it. You know, Hardaway was basically the only guy who shot anything off the bench. He three of seven. He had all three of their three pointers off the bench. They're ten of thirty-two from three, thirty-one percent. Another poor shooting game, and it just it feels like every time the Mavericks lose a game, I'm I'm looking at what the other team shoots from three, and I'm looking at what the Mavericks shoot from three, and that's almost every time yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah. difference in the that's game. The difference, yeah. and and I, you know, Brunson is is a bright spot in the three point shooting this year, and he missed all three of his shots. Yeah, it sucks. Um, that's tough. You know, Richardson was hit his first two and then missed his next four badly. Like his three point shot is a mess. I mean, I I do want to take one minute and talk about his game because you know we shouldn't. He really battled and played hard and showed a big chunk of why we were excited to get him this off season. This was Miami, Josh Richardson. I I don't know how replicable the game was. You know, yeah, I yeah. like seeing him driving. I really, really yeah. do. Like him, him taking the ball and and pressing because I. I, I don't know what the Mavs pace is, but sometimes I don't feel they, they push after after misses enough where Luca really likes to survey the floor. Richardson scored his first, you know, I think six points off of drives that came in in quick situations. And more of that, I think it's it's a momentum thing. Um and, and I wish the Mavericks would do it more. Yeah. His his defense was fun. He made some nice passes. I I liked his game overall, and I don't want to get away from it. I just am not sure how replicable it is because if he's not hitting threes, it's hard for anybody to want to pass to him. Like his knuckleball three pointers are a adventure. <laughs> yeah, that form is is wild. His his left elbow is, I mean, that's like chicken wing elbow. He's got going yeah. on there. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you made a good point. He got he did early offense push. You know. Not necessarily like a fast break, but just off a miss. And while the defense is kind of walking back, you know, he he took he took advantage. Uh, I'm glad you pointed out the passing four assists, which is I think the most he's had in the game this season. Could have had more. He had like a really I don't know if you you saw it or if you remember it. He had a really nice uh, whip to the corner to Dorian Finney Smith, and, and Finney Smith missed it. Uh, but it was a really nice pat, like it was almost like a Luca esque type of, of fine in the corner. And I think he has some of that in his game. And that's going to be the key, I think, because we can transition to this point after I'm done here if you want. But there might, he might be for the time being until they get the Kristaps thing figured out. He might be their bet, you know, have to be their best offense, second best offensive player in terms of give him the ball and he can do things as opposed to Luca having to create shots for him uh he seems to be the only guy on the roster outside of brunson that can reliably do it uh and you know brunson's coming off the bench so he's the only guy in the starting lineup besides luca that i feel comfortable 
giving him the ball or having the ball in his hands in situations that it's not just a catch and shoot or, you know, a cut or an easy decision. Like he seems, he looked tonight like he could do it. And he's shown some glimpses earlier in the season before he went out, even when he was shooting poorly from three, I thought he was still doing some things with the ball in his hands inside the three point line that I liked. So that's something to watch for. And, and like you said, I don't know how replicable tonight is, but I mean, it was, it was a, sight for sore eyes to see another Maverick score uh, 20 plus points. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and there, like there, there were some good games, like Hardaway played a pretty good game. He rebounded the ball early, was looking nice, but, but it's, it's just, it's frustrating, you know, because the, the person that, that I don't want to say I hold him accountable, but I believe Chris Stapps Porzingis has to be better for this team to win. And he is just not good enough. 19 points and 10 rebounds. Excellent counting stats if you're an old school person who doesn't understand how basketball is played anymore. Four turnovers. Brutal turnovers. He had five rebounds in the first quarter, or first half, two in the second quarter, or uh, no, two in this. He had seven rebounds in the first half and three in the in the second half. He, he had the he had the, the the gumption to say in the post game that he felt like he played better because he had longer stretches. He did not play better. He shot four of ten. He got three rebounds. He he did play better health defense. I, I have to I have to admit that he played okay man to man defense on Aiton, but Aiton bully balled him. And so it's like what what's the point if you're gonna block the shot? But not and not secure the rebound, and then and then it winds up in a Booker three pointer again. I say, what is the value there? He was six of fifteen shooting. He was three of eight inside the arc, where this guy keeps posting up, and he is objectively bad at it. I I, I don't know what the points per possession are right now, but I counted five post ups in that game, one turnover. One made shot, three misses. That is horrendous. Yeah, and what's funny is I think, I can't remember when, I think it was before the Houston game, he was actually shooting pretty well on post-ups. I think there was one, at one point he made his seven of his first 15 or 14 shots out of a post-up, which is really funny when you consider how much he's struggled with them lately. But you're right, you know, it hasn't looked, Good lately. Um, Kirk, I'm looking at it now. I don't That's believe before. it's it won't include this game stats. Yeah, it won't include this game, but he's averaging uh 0.97 points per possession on 3.7 post-up possessions a game. He is shooting 43% on them. He is in the 59.5% percentile. I mean, the volume is less than I thought it would be, so at least that's something. But everything else about those numbers are bad. They're not as drastically terrible as they were last year, where he was averaging something like 0. .7 on post-ups at yeah. one point. And let's but, see what it looks like after it updates tonight's game. Yeah, too. and it probably won't make that much of a difference. Yeah. It's, it's, it is what it is. I, I, I just don't understand why he's doing it. Because the Mavericks did this repeatedly where they slowed down and fed him the ball. And I, I part of me understands the, the idea because it's not like the rest of their offense was totally humming. But when they slow down with him, you know, there are these people in our comments and hopefully listen to podcasts. I swear I'm not being a jerk here. 
you can look up the advanced stats of when Porzingis is taking shots. He does not take a lot of shots at the end of shot clocks. He takes shots in the middle, which is fine, but it's not like he's taking like a ton of really difficult shots. He had a few tonight, which didn't go in. That is what it is, but I just don't like them. I, he's, he's not giving Dallas enough right now. And he's just one of the, the many component pieces of the Mavericks not fitting together and just looking awful. I mean, he's not alone tonight. It, it, I, I got to, I, you know, the other night I called for him to be traded. I still think they should trade him. They need to find some value with him because I don't think he works, but he was better and, but he still wasn't good enough. And I just, I needed to talk about that. That's okay. I mean, when you come, when it comes down to it, uh, Luca and Kristaps have played in enough games to where you would hope to, that the record would be a little bit better because they're your two best players. So, and you come back to, you know, the, the surgery and he's coming back from things. So that muddies it up a bit, but he's played a decent amount of games since coming back and you're just waiting for that blow up game. Uh, well, you say waiting for that blow up game. He had his blow up game. He scored 27 points yep. on 12, 15 against the Pacers. Yeah. That's the crazy part. You look at his season and, you know, he starts slow, which is understandable because he's just coming sure. back. He has four games over 20 points. I, God, I feel like I brought this up in the last four podcasts, but, you know, four games, 20 yeah. points. He's shooting over 50% from the field. Then he sits Houston and he's has not looked the same. He hasn't had a game where he shot 50% from the field. This was the first game he made uh, more than two three-pointers uh, since he sat that Houston game, which was at least kind of nice to see. He was two of five from three in the second half, and holy crap. Teams are like not a... respecting his three-point shot. Like, we have to say this out loud. The concept of him being a stretch-the-floor player, he is open, and he's not hitting. He's got to hit him. He's got to be better from three. And you saw, you know, he made two of five in the second half, and the it felt like when he was making threes, it was like, okay, they're kind of, I think that's when they started kind of building up their lead up a little bit in the third quarter. And uh, he made another three, I think when, when things were looking a little dicey and you kind of were like, okay, this is, this is happening. And then, you know, it just didn't happen. Um, boy, I'm looking at the second half stats and it's just wild. So the Mavericks shot 39 and half percent from the floor in the second half. They shot 31% from three. The sun shot 51% in the second half and 10 of 17, 58% from three. That's, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but uh, just well, kind of go ahead. I do want to talk before we go, you know, people are pissy with Carlisle. They're what there's like a clip floating around of Luca being mad at the end of the game. And I think I, I do understand why people are like, can't we get a better shot than that with 1.5 seconds left on a sideline out of bounds play? Not really. Not with one and a half seconds left, because you're doing one of two things. You're either getting a shot right there, or maybe something more towards the middle of the floor, or you're trying to throw it to the far corner or at the rim. And if the Mavericks had tried something like that where they hadn't have gotten a shot, like say they, you know, tried to do something going at the rim and eight and goes and just takes it out of the air, that's much more frustrating. I, yeah. I too much I basketball. There, there's just not a lot to be done there. But the Carlisle thing overall. I just can't emphasize this enough for people that have watched the Mavs more than other teams last the last, you know, 14 years, however long he's been coach. I can tell you this. There aren't many better coaches, period. 
like you don't know what you have in a good coach until you don't have the coach anymore. He drives me crazy too sometimes with the things that he sticks with, with the things that he insists upon, but more or less he's, there are maybe five other coaches in the league that are his level and none of them are going to come coach the Mavs. You know, it's, so let's just simmer on that one for a time. Um, I more have questions about sort of what's happened with their offense as a result of losing Steven Silas and that, you know, I brought up Zach Guthrie a time or two and no one will talk to me about it when I've asked questions. Not that they're ignoring me, but it's just, I, we don't know enough about Carlisle's assistance and the roles they play. Um, and so it's just, this is just a difficult thing right now because there's a lot of unknowns. And, you know, the first thing the Mavericks had to fix was effort. And if they play with this level of effort against the Hawks on Wednesday, then I, I feel like they have a good chance, but, they just haven't shown effort consistently and everything else kind of needs to fall in place just through, you know, trusting their process and system. Yeah, I agree. And what, you know, what does this look like if they play with this level of effort against, you know, the Suns are a pretty solid team, you know, uh, they're, they're not a slouch team. They haven't really played a bad team in a while. It feels like I think Houston, Probably the the last time they played Houston is the last time you could count that, and even Houston has kind of shown some some things since that Mavs win. Uh, they haven't really played like a bottom feeder in a while. Um, yeah. So well, Bobby Bobby pointed that out, but the Hawks are not a bottom feeder. No, I know, like, I know. They, they just don't Still, really have anybody coming soon. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Um, you talked about the offense, and it boils down to at a high level situation where when you trade Seth Curry and I'm not saying Seth Curry is the reason I'm very steadfast and like you don't he's not Seth Curry is not responsible for the greatest offense in in league history let's just put it that way right um but when you make that trade you are conceding you know hey we're gonna we're gonna probably dip a little on offense we're gonna get better on defense and we've seen some things that they've they can be a little they've been a little bit spunkier on the defensive end but you make that trade because you say we've got one of the best players in the league in Luca, who's one of the best scorers, and then we've got Kristaps, who we believe can be like seven three Jason Terry, so to speak, just like you know our our flamethrower's second shooting star, and he hasn't been that. And if Kristaps plays like he's like just another guy, then this team like it all falls. The way this team is built is it's. It was like this last season, and it's like this this season. They are a house of cards. It all fits together in a certain way, and if you remove one of the cards, it's probably going to collapse. They just don't have the type of roster that can afford one of the guys that you have to count on because, remember, I think I wrote about this last year, the difference between like a star and a role player is that a star will go out there and give you – huge production on a consistent basis. Like you're not a star if you don't do, if you only do it once a week or once every other game or, you know, something like that. So if Przingis isn't doing that, then you've all of a sudden you have Luca with a bunch of role guys and it can be difficult because you roll guys are inconsistent. As we've seen, they're not, if they were more consistent, they would not be role players. They would get paid yes. more. <laughs> so uh, the whole thing right now is built around, Luca and Kristaps performing to their peak abilities and the rest of the guys filling in the gaps. And, you know, Kristaps just hasn't been that the last four games. Uh, he showed he at least hit some threes in the second half. I don't know if that's a sign of, of things to come. Who knows? 
Uh, he at least did not look like he was moving in quicksand tonight. I think he, that was a little bit better. Um, but that's that's part of it. And then you got to get these. You know, Maxie's got to come back from COVID and get healthier and get his wind underneath him. And then we'll see. But I mean, every time Kirk, I bring this point up, and then we have to say, you know, the, the losses still count. <laughs> they just. That's why I think tonight was so fresh. Tonight felt like the the gift to kind of break the tide. You know, they just need to win. Like. They just need to break the streak, and I honestly feel like things will stabilize a little bit. I think there's just like a – doesn't it feel like there's like a snowball effect happening here with the way these losses are piling up in a way? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. That's how I feel. I think that's all I have to say. I don't know what else to say because he's a lot – like, I mean, we could have just – it would have been really funny. We could have just reposted the uh, podcast from – uh, Saturday and seeing if anyone noticed because this was almost the exact same way that game went down, uh, which is kind of funny. But uh, well, the only thing different from that is, and I'm surprised I didn't give any blowback, so I'm gonna hit it up again. Tim Collishall wrote a very stupid column, and I want to talk about that. It's a very stupid column again because he clearly pulled up Basketball Reference and was like, "Luca needs to hit more threes." Of course, Luca needs to hit more threes. The Mavericks need to hit more threes. Write something about, like, how the team functions. I know this crap gets clicks, but you know what? If you're going to be the paper of record, I expect some better stuff than this. Otherwise, you're no better than us blog boys. Come on. <laughs> you feel any better? No. I'm tired, no. man. I'm sorry. Well, then let's yeah. go. Yeah. All let's right. Let's get out of here. Uh, well, that'll do it. Mavericks lose. Six straight loss. Uh, 109-108 to the Phoenix Suns. They will play. The Atlanta Hawks on the road Wednesday. That's an East Coast game, Kirk. Uh, so uh, I can get the bed for two. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll have stuff on the site tonight. Um, and we'll talk to you guys uh, Wednesday evening. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.